0: You're listening to Red Nation Online. The left. for The The Sebastian
1: Saturday, May 23rd. It's Steve Perry, I'm Ian Clark, and we're back from TFC slash Argos Field and the Jovinko Show. TFC's Italian DP was the showstopper as he not only scored the winner, but set up numerous sitters throughout the afternoon in a 1-0 win over the Portland Timbers. We go over Jovinko's performance, the supporting cast of Michael Bradley and Justin Morrow, and can't avoid the sights and sounds surrounding Tim Lawicki's announcement of the Argos coming to BMO Field. All this and more in the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Uh, just go for the seat and see where it takes. Oh, you know what? The, f- the first thing I, I did want to like just lead off with, well, a, a public service announcement for the listeners that I feel a little bit bad that uh, this the start of the first quarter of this year, first third of this year has been abnormally crazy for me at work and doing freelance and all this stuff where it's been tough to do the road games and trying to grind out even the home games like the the Voyagers Cup and stuff like that. So I just I just wanted to put this out there that I th- hope it's coming to an end. And so the regular schedule of you know, the last two or three years we've been really good at pretty much doing every home and away game and this season has been uh, has not been the norm. It's been the exception and I'm hoping that all this craziness comes to an end and I can get back to following this team and their uh, thrilling performances like we saw today.
0: Uh, I was at the Montreal game, I could talk to you about the Montreal game. Okay, yeah, we can leave it. But you I again. didn't write any notes about it, so well, you can. It's just uh, disappointing. That's all I can say. I mean, in in the end, you know, we did win, <laughs> but we didn't win the aggr- on aggregate. No, so, uh, Montreal scored more goals uh, away against us uh, in the end. So it was just I, that was weird itself too. I mean, it was a like win, but we didn't win, win the. I heard it was still cause for fireworks, though. Of course, yeah. It was kind of bullshit. But anyway, yeah. I feel like those so fireworks... The distraction be- of the, the distraction of the Voyager Cup is over. Yeah. For us. I feel like the fireworks
1: go off when it's like... the second like year consecutively. Everyone everyone put their kits on forward. So let's shoot off the fireworks. Yeah. Like, any, anything's a cause for celebration these days at Toronto FC. It's
0: like... It's a, it's a metaphor for premature ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the distraction of the Voyager Cup is over. And I guess we can get back to the season which we've been doing except that Josie Altidore is injured. Um, I think he got injured in that game and is now out for I think at least three or four weeks.
1: Four to five is what I heard. So, so maybe we were already one week
0: into that. So it wasn't <laughs> worth losing the striker and we saw today how it had to be a, the Giovonco, Sebastian Jovanko uh, show. He had to pretty much carry the team making, he did an incredible, an incredible job. He scored the winning goal, the only goal in the game. Uh, he a number of things that should have been sitters. I counted at least nine attempts on goal, most of them came coming from him, at least service-wise. And I just got to say, Michael Bradley, you don't need to take every corner. <laughs> I think that Jivon- 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 Jovanco could take one of those. Or... I, I'm surprised. I am like, I was confused. <laughs> Especially because he's a smaller player, and, and his crosses seem to be on the money. Like They seem to be exactly where you need to be Uh, Even almost Warner scored. I mean, (laughs) you know, that was one of those things. It was just like he just put the ball perfectly and Warner like surged forward to try and get it. Luke Moore had two chances. I think he even inspired Luke Moore to shoot from distance, which was great to see. Uh, And that's what happens when you shoot from distance. And I also think that uh, taking shots right away instead of like lining them up. Because I saw like a few times when every time Warner tried to gain control of the ball instead of just trying to go with it. Uh, and the same thing happened with Osorio. He had a sitter that he tried to control, and if he had shot it first time, would have been a goal. And Osorio's back of the head. What the fuck are you doing? Are you playing defense for Portland? Anyway, I think he should have been man of the match for Portland. Sa- we just had them on the second. Joe goal. for Toronto. Jonathan Osorio for, for Portland Timbers. Anyway, we should get into this, uh, because that's sort of like the comic relief at the beginning, but... Uh, <laughs> now let's get serious. Let's talk about the game.
1: Yeah, because the truth is, Steve, the way that I think I'm framing this game, however you want to discuss it, is that I think we dodged a bullet.
0: Yeah, I, th- I believe I agree with you.
1: Especially when we look at that final third of the game. Especially the first half, if, I, if we're talking in summary, we'll get into detail, that we should have been up 2 or 3-0, and I just... Anyone who's followed this team for the last night's season knows that Toronto a one-nil one or one-goal lead for Toronto is just...
0: Not going to cut it's it. It's
1: doom and gloom, man. It's yeah. It's never going to cut it, and it, it shouldn't have. And as much as I think people might walk away from this uh, celebrating and happy, which is fine. You know, we got three points, which is critical. When you put the two home games in perspective so far in the league, which is Houston and Portland, neither of those teams are... Both those teams are struggling when we face them. So, Portland... Had Valeri come back and got injured in this game, and they're still waiting for Will Johnson to show up. And I would characterize them as a team where they haven't sort of sorted out, you know, a real goal scorer, or a real scoring threat up top. Well, maybe or,
0: maybe we had luck on our side for the first time.
1: Yeah, rarely, rarely. I mean,
0: we uh, yeah usually the usually that coin doesn't drop on our side, but like tonight it did. Yeah. Because because of the lineup, because of Portland's lineup, right?
1: Yeah. And if we look at ours, I think the only ones that really stood out. Was uh, Zavaletto starting on the back line? Now you and, were telling me a bit about Zavaletto.
0: Yeah, tell me a bit about his history. Because well, he's, not, here, he's did, not a defenseman, is he?
1: No, in in so uh, did he if, I, I, to play? if my I hope my memory is I got this straight because I as I know that he was a
0: striker at Indiana. So and it's he, odd that he's playing defense. Because in my experience, it's like it's rare that I, I mean. Okay, so you would think uh, a striker would know how to cover, how to play defense because he's being covered by defenseman, right? So he knows also he would be able to read a striker and where a striker should go. But in my experience, strikers usually—if uh, I've never seen one converted to a defenseman, except for in one of our, in one of my teams, in my one of my rec league teams, and that didn't go well. In fact, that barely lasted ten minutes in the game. <laughs> so, so I mean. I don't. I don't it's think just, it seems. It seems. It seems really outrageous to me. It seems outrageous. To but me. It's, he's not
1: the only case. Andrew Andrew Wenger Wenger Andrew Wenger Andrew Wenger, who was a top draft pick by Montreal, like when they in their inaugural season, was at Duke. I think started as a defensive midfielder, and his final year they converted him to a striker, and he oh, had that's a great the opposite. year. Yeah. Ah. So there's been these. There is a little bit of a history within MLS. I think of players going up and back and forward and defense and all this stuff. Avant
0: garde. Yeah, and you know what? You know who I just
1: remembered? Kevin McKenna. Kevin oh. McKenna for Canada started his career as a striker, if I'm not mistaken, and then and Paul Terry also was a forward and finished his career as a defensive okay, so midfielder. It's
0: not, it's not unheard of. Okay.
1: All right. Anyways, this
0: yeah yeah.
1: I've I've there, gone off. I've there are a few a exceptions bit, to the rule. I've gone off off. And then of course the story is uh, you've already mentioned Josie Altador going in, and we had Luke Moore up top, which meant that. That sort of shifted in the last couple of games. We've almost seen like a four-four-two with Josie Altidore and Jovinko up top. I think connecting well.
0: Yeah. Um, both showing oh, yeah.
1: good t- good technique yeah. and technical ability. But Josie Altidore is not sort of that uh, physical, you know, holding center forward. He's a little bit more mobile and a little more technical. Whereas I think Moore is more of that back-to-goal guy and is willing to, you know, battle with. And we saw this battle with Nat Borchers. All afternoon yeah. that was something to watch yeah sure um, and we did see actually some nice plays with him hol- holding up the ball laying it off to Bradley who would immediately fired it off to Jovinko a lot of like one two threes that like you're saying we weren't just holding the ball looking around waiting for things to set up so that was at least an encouraging sign but the way this game started off Steve you know the way that you described those early 5 minutes can sometimes decide the game and it did today.
0: Well, I guess yeah, we, I mean we scored what at the 12th minute mark was that the it? The 5th minute mark. Was it the 5th minute? Oh yeah, yeah it was 5th minute. So, yeah. you know, I, I was uh and I was thinking of that actually at in that first 5 minutes and I was going, well, there's not much going on here. I didn't, didn't find that there was much play happening and then all of a sudden I don't know Javinko just has a shot at, outside of the I mean, we've been talking about his long ball range, right? And he took one from outside of the 18 and bam it connected and i just think that the keeper wasn't expecting it and uh he also shot it and so we were talking you said oh that wasn't a hard shot and then we saw bradley try and line one up around the same distance and he's and it hit the turf before it actually got to the keeper yeah yeah. well maybe it was a hard shot because you know that sailed into the corner so so i i think he had a i think it was a great shot anyway it's a good goal love to see it and he didn't stop you know i mean uh the twenty-six minute mark, he took a shot. At the 20, 35th minute, he had a shot. Twenty-six minutes <laughs> is the
1: one off Os- Osorio's head.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, the forty-first minute, he shot from distance. Sixty-seventh minute, he's—I mean, he's all over the place. I was just shooting and shooting and shooting, and then crossing as well. When I said Luke Moore had, I counted at least two shots from him at the twenty-seventh minute and the fortieth minute, uh, taking shots both from distance. And I was just thinking, oh, that's like—I've complained. However many years we've been doing this thing about how we don't take our shots from distance and we also play with it too long and don't take it first time, and today we didn't do that. So I was happy, pleasantly happy to see that change in play.
1: You know, and this is the one thing, some broad thing that I'm thinking first is, thinking back on the goal and how it's nice that we have this weapon. That we've rarely had and i'm thinking back last year like when yeah. new england came here yeah. remember they scored all those goals from about like 25 yards yeah. out and our defense just sat back and let them fill in that space and that's exactly what he did you saw him sort of say i'm cutting in and they kept backing up and backing up and he's probably just thinking himself thank you yeah thank you very much because i service. have the, he's got the technique to just curl that in the far post and i I wanted to say, and it was funny, because at halftime, remember they were asking people, who's your favorite TFC player? And the one guy was like, Di Rosario. Yeah. And then people at halftime were tweeting, have you ever seen a player, like, individually have a half like that? And I, someone answered it, and I thought, too, was that that second half in the Voyagers' Cup against the Miracle Montreal?
0: Yeah, Di yeah. Di Rosario. Yeah, that's true.
1: And it's, like, not since... Now, it's a different level, mind you, but the style and sort of some of the things that you're like, whoa... That's the only other player I think I could say that's played for us. Yeah. That's had that sort of um, flash.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: And it's nice to see. It's nice that we have... And we have them in their prime. Even though I guess you could say DeRozier was a bit older and still had a few years after we let go of him. But there's still a lot to look forward on Vinco. Yeah. And I think this team is a little more...
0: <laughs> which is... But to complete the analysis, we also did sit back in defense. And so, like, the nail biter of an ending, so we've only talked a little bit about the first half, but the nail biter of the ending was that, I mean, and you mentioned this, is that the last 30 minutes, we subbed out forwards and put in midfielders, and we subbed out midfielders and put in defensemen, and the shell just continued. Like, we yeah. just created the It was jump. like a
1: 7 2 1.
0: And I, and I watched as like our two lines of defense and midfielders, which basically was like two lines of defense, sort of stood static but played zone. And there was, it was so congested and crowded. They didn't know how to play. And people were able, like the Portland players, were able to run in between them with great effect And because no one, everyone was expecting somebody else to pick them up. And I just thought the congestion led to confusion, uh, which in the end was really uh, made it even worse for... There's some teams that can play that defense, that defensive shell effectively. but I And we've played it a few times, but we don't play it effectively. And part of it has to do with the skill, but part of it has to do with, like, I don't know if they've worked this out. Um, but what they did work out today, so switching topics, was the maybe we could talk a bit about Bradley, if we could. Yeah. So one of the things I was thinking about Bradley today Do was we want to that, preface it by an email? We, sure. Uh, yeah, so we got an email from Marcus Reyes last uh, after the last podcast uh, with some great uh, analysis on Bradley uh, and talking about how he sort of sits, doesn't pick up enough, and uh, it leads to him looking like he's get, like he's not at fault when he's not picking up the slack. Does that capture it? More or less, yeah. One of the things kind of I-
1: trails the play, I think, is is one of the one ways to summarize it.
0: Yeah, you could definitely, so I started, so after I saw that email, I watched the game uh, against Montreal with that uh, analysis in mind. And I did see that a little bit, so I don't think it's, uh, I I do think it's valid. Um, But one of the things I was also thinking of is that, one of the things I was thinking of is that he just runs a lot and then he gets tired. And I think (laughs) maybe he runs unnecessarily. And then today I was thinking that uh, with Altidore out, he's had to fill in the number nine position, and he has to play up higher, which he was playing a lot more. And you noticed, you noted that uh, Sheru was playing sort of back then holding midfielder. Yeah. So they had sort of sorted that out, but not at the beginning of the game. The beginning of the game was actually, again, Michael Bradley coming back deep in defense, picking up the ball. And, and then after the first 15 minutes, he settles sort of more up the field, right? And so then we started seeing him as more as an offensive player. And you know, I guess as an offensive player, you ha- then you excuse the tracking back because he's playing he's playing forward. He's not playing midfield anymore, right? And so I think it was like the Luke Moore, Altidore. Sorry, Luke Moore, giovenco and and Bradley. The, the you know that you've got that pyramid, that try the triangle up front, and then you know he was trying to get anything that was going on but it, it didn't it's not it wasn't organic and he immediately defaulted at the beginning of the game to that so he's not used to playing that position and he's still trying to figure it out and i think maybe it's an experience with some of that part of that position
1: or it's been so long because when he when he was if i'm not mistaken when he played at here so when he left and first well, went to holland he was he scored 15 goals one year and was an attacking player now mind you he was he was amongst attack like really good creative attacking players so i think the potential is there but then as his career evolved and he went to germany and then to italy he became that sort of holding midfielder
0: so i don't disagree with the tracking part but i think it's like his the the transition to the position is also leading him to like not do some of those things and and And, and when he's expected to and i think even with his teammates, they're sort of expect. They're not sure where he's playing just yeah. right, right now, right? So it's like there's a the confusion on the pitch. That's, that's a, it's an overarching and, theme with
1: him. Is that is like what is, who captain? is he and what does he do?
0: That's trouble from a captain. If he's supposed to be the leader, he should be working this stuff out. And you know, maybe it's working itself out in the gameplay because gameplay and practice is very different, right? So gameplay is, and you need more experience with gameplay. So I think that maybe they're trying to figure this out. That's all. So I don't disagree with uh, Marcus, but I think also I think there's some additional things going on with Bradley that aren't aren't making him play to what he could play. He's not playing well enough, so he could be criticized for that. And and part of that is like not like the position part hasn't been worked out, if that makes sense.
1: No, I. Th- I think it's people have been that's talking what, about it, so that's I think it's a that's what I was thinking. Accurate observation. Was,
0: well, that's what just in today's game. I just sort of that came to me while thinking about Marcus's email. So I've been thinking about your email quite a bit, and I, it's making me think about other things. And maybe we're also seeing the transition of this player. Like so, you know, two weeks ago he probably wasn't tracking back, and now he's like without the door missing, he's got to move forward. So it's a different thing that's going on, right? Yeah. So
1: and maybe that's why we saw Warner, who's no more of just like that proper defensive midfielder and Rue who has the experience to do that as well as be the
0: holding mid and, and push up if need be and be a bit more creative so shaver so we saw some great threading of the needle i even saw that from jackson in the last little oh, bit jesus i know give me a holy uh, shit he did pl- he did make two great passes aside from like the bullshit but i mean <laughs> like i mean it's hard to i don't know like anyway <laughs> you know what I and it, okay, I'm, I'm speechless when it comes We to haven't
1: to broken things. it off into halves because we, although okay. I wanted to say in the second half oh wait, did anything so any, any sights any and sounds in the first half? No, pretty much not. Well no or halftime.
0: I, I disagree. There was lots what of What about those ads? Sound. Are we gonna go see Tomorrowland? <laughs> I didn't even see have that. Have you ad. switched to it's Bank BMO?
1: You gonna have a Kit Kat break?
0: <laughs> there Was is, it loud enough for you? There is so much sponsorship stuff going on. And now they've put a scoreboard above our head. Or not a, like an electronic uh, ad board above us. So they didn't, that wasn't there two weeks ago. No. I just was like, what, what? what's next? Like, No, I think there was lots of sights and sounds. I mean, so, and there's, lots, well, of, let's, there's let's, lots of things that have happened since then, right? So I don't know if you want to lead into that or if you want to talk about the game let's first. Let's wrap up the game because there is a lot of stuff. Let's talk about the but game. But the second half, you
1: know what? I, the one, my one observation is, do you think there's any coincidence with Bitchy taking a break in this team? Falling into a
0: defensive shell? <laughs> no. Or, <no>. I heard <laughs>
1: Bitchy's dead. Let me put. A, I need to put a no, call out they there. Sh- they showed. Someone bitchy. said,
0: but someone said that's not that's not bitchy. That's a different hawk. Is it? Well, they don't put the hawk up at the top anymore, and as a result, there was lots of birds. Disrespectful seagulls. <laughs> Disrespectful. It wasn't our- just seagulls. There were smaller birds too. There was tons of birds, and they were just coming in. And I think like there's you know, more people. There's more fast food, and I'm just thinking they're just smelling it, and they're just coming in for the feeding. And
1: I wanted to say, but I was just- like,
0: one of these birds is going to get hit, and then it's going to be like chaos on the pitch a little bit right a dead bird on the pitch and like dave winfield incident again i just yeah i think it's gonna be nuts and get a fucking hawk and put it up on the top man yeah like i mean that hawk doesn't make it up there anymore so you could be right there's maybe not another bitchy that maybe it's a a bitchy replacement that hasn't been trained to sit on the top on the perch i mean not a bitchy stayed up on the perch long i mean maybe five minutes but five minutes might have been enough there was so many birds I was just I was distracted for like a, a good ten minutes going, What the fuck? Like it's yep. Hitchcock. Yeah. Hitchcock. <laughs> Some birds are coming.
1: And then we no. lost all our any uh offensive medal that we had. And the team just sat back. It happened around that time. It was, I got fifty-five and then and then by sixty minutes I made a note saying Portland's pressure and TFC's just defending. Yeah. And then in the sixty six I said Oh, and that was the other observation. We were, Toronto essentially reverted to like a four five one, but it wasn't it wasn't like a you know, it wasn't like a traditional 4-5-1. Like we, we had
0: nobody up, actually. We
1: weren't seeing, like, the two outside on the f- the five midfield. It wasn't like we had two wingers. That
0: last five minutes was just, like, if somebody got the ball, they ran with it. So we saw, actually, Justin Morrow make a run from, like, our end. And get a shot on that. And we saw Jackson make a run. And we saw Javinko make a run. And I just, like, it was... I mean that's the that's the Hail Mary stuff, right? That's a wing and a prayer. That's it's it's desperation ball. Like I mean we were completely sunk in a show. Yeah. We weren't even playing. And we've seen anymore.
1: games like this where it's just like we collect the ball in our eighteen yard box and kick it up to half. And somehow
0: and- we didn't get scored on, so I mean, they might chalk that off as chalk that up as like a we soaked up the pressure, but I don't think I mean I think it's more to do with like they just didn't have the players to score.
1: No, because you know what the, th- the one observation that I had in that second half, and I think you probably would have thought it too, was that number nine for Portland, Addy, to me,
0: yeah. I was surprised Actually. they didn't they
1: didn't Switch. go to him or like because yeah. it was Zavala and Morgan that were in that area, and, you're, and before you're talking about like are they man marking, are they zonal marking, and to me that was a mismatch. I mean, Zavalletta doesn't have the experience. I have to say,
0: our left side was yeah. So Zaval go ahead. Zavaletta doesn't have the experience for sure. Go ahead. Any, any finishing. And he's not physically there yet. You can see he's still a little bit on the lanky he was side. Getting, Addy was get, was beating him a number of times. The ball when the ball was being fed through to him, Zavaleta was having trouble with him. Like he wasn't, and I think he almost fouled him. Like I, I think that it was pretty close to getting either a card or a call. I also noticed that the ball kept on coming down in the and that in that end uh, in that last bit on the left side they're working and it. it was coming through so and i don't think it was necessarily a problem of morgan and i do think it was the problem with jackson coming in so when osario was in osario and morgan worked well when osario went out jackson wasn't a good midfielder to play like for them to play together and osario can switch going forward and back coming back pretty seamlessly Whereas Jackson doesn't have that. He's not a defender. He's a he's like sort of a guy who wants to push forward, wants to make a move, but also sort of is out in the hinterland and kind of is out of the game most of the time. So, it's not my favorite. He's definitely not. I just feel like he shouldn't even be on the pitch, but but, but maybe people were saying <laughs> people that about argue with me, but. People were saying that probably about Gravel too. And like Gravel almost scored. He did. He did at the end and, you know, kind of almost made up for it, but I just think he wasn't either in the game as well. And I think, you know, when you got two midfielders that really aren't making a difference, that's two players and when you're sinking back in a shell, it's kind of like you're playing short-handed. Yeah. So, I just felt those were I mean, I don't know who we had on the bench. I don't know who like so I just felt they were bad uh the bad plays to... Like, bad switches, right? Bad substitutions? Yeah. I, I don't even think the Hagelin switch was a good switch either, but we didn't even see Hagelin. for Like, it was, like, three minutes, so you can't really even assess that. But th- the switching was bad. I'll just say that. Yeah. If I could just summarize.
1: Well, and then, what, you know, one of my last observations or things I wanted to discuss in the end of that game, because it should have been, well, 2 nil, 3 nil. We had three times where... Jovinko had a great play where he did a cut in and then he kept going and he had that shot And then there was the big rebound and no one was there to pick it up because he did it all on his own And then Bradley Altidore, had the one
0: the door would have been there
1: and then Jovinko slotted it across there, to, to Bradley yes. and Bradley hammered it in and then the same thing happened to Creval where he got this great pass and then cut across my only thought was was that every single shot you know when you when you're either going with the ball or you're you have the ball and you're cutting across, and there's that that timing. That's when the goalie's moving. That's yep. your natural shot. That's technically just right at the goalie. It, it's your hardest shot you can do. It's the one that's the most comfortable strike of the ball. And we did it three times <laughs> instead of doing the one that's like you just do the little bit extra. Like you just got to dig a little bit harder to pull it. You know what I mean? Pull it to the far post. Yeah. Or dig a little bit harder to like push it in the wide put. Po- like. Are you, talking, are you talking about the crosses? I'm talking about the strike the ball.
0: No, but you could be talking about the corners. I yes. Oh yes. <laughs> As a transition here or a yeah. segue, because I mean, Bradley. So it was noted that you know he did the same play. He did the same cross at least four times today, which was the far post. I mean, he did he did some variation throughout. But that's why I'm saying that maybe we should switch up the. I'm not, I'm not opposed because he does give great balls on the corners, you know, despite. Our opposition being able to do anything with it but i i th- you know i think jovinko would be much better and i think if bradley bradley's tall like he, he could actually be yeah. an aerial challenge. i'm confused there. by that unless something jovinko
1: said something like i don't want to take I can't take these corners. But the
0: thing is he lines up really close to where the corner is. And the thing and he shoots from distance and he's got a great shot from distance. So he sort of lines up whichever side is on. He lines up at the top of the 18, right? To get a ball, to get a short ball, which would be a great play, but everyone picks him up. So because they know he's dangerous. So I did see the ball go to him once in one of those crosses. So we didn't do a, a far post at least once. But I mean and, but I saw it, I shot I saw a short post one too. The thing is, is all I'm saying is that Uh, I'd like to see Bradley more in the mix on that and maybe somebody else taking the cross and I think Javinko could do it And I think he's smaller and then he could come in for like a rebound He's got such great skill and he's got pace and I think they should switch that up a little bit Yeah Uh, I mean Bradley's a good, he could take them but someone else could take them too
1: Yeah and I think the last, maybe my parting or like outro to this game that I think should sort of be mentioned is that, you know, I, again, I was reading some tweets at half, and people were saying, you know, was that the f- most complete half of football we've seen t- from Toronto FC this year? Stuff like that. And my answer would be no. I would say that is the best half of football we've seen from Jovinko this year.
0: Yeah. And
1: probably the best game. Like this this game was. It was really the
0: Sebastian Vinco show.
1: Yeah. 100%. And, and he so, deserved
0: the man of the match.
1: Yeah. For sure. Some other players had a good game but without question
0: I want to say Justin Morrow had a great game yes actually I felt he had like a stormer game so I felt like he should have been second and and
1: early in the game he was out of control like that first third of the game I would say
0: there was nothing getting through him and I felt like and I felt that that's why they in the second half they came down on the left side because they couldn't get through on his side yeah I mean I think that that's what you want to do as a defender is like to just stump them and then they'll never try. You yeah. You can. Right? And, I- and, and at the, and the, at the end of the game, when the, the card got issued to Morgan, who came over to stop the play? Justin Morrow from the opposite side. You came from the right side to the left side. And yeah. it's just like, Whoa. And that's, you know, that, there's a guy who's playing all the defense. Yeah. Why isn't he playing in the middle? Maybe is the question I should be asking, but
1: well, they've, tried different things and I think they settled on you know what we'd rather have him at right back and have a good right back than have a shit right back I think it sounds like Mark Bloom might be ready to go next week
0: so, so would that'll be on.
1: something to watch because he's, natu- he's a natural right back he's not a converted midfielder um, so we should see if he's ready to go and if we exit this game and talk about miscellaneous things. I think there's this was a game for sights and sounds, no question about it. There was a lot going on.
0: Well, sure, and some of it requires context, so part of it has something to do with like the uh, with MLSC buying up the Argos this week, yeah. which was major... Hey, we're both
1: wearing black. <laughs>
0: yeah. Were you wearing... Is that a coincidence? Like, are you I, wearing black because of that? I wear black every game. <laughs> I, it's no coincidence. I'm yeah. in mourning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also wore black because I figured there was wind today, and I just needed a windbreaker. Oh. But it's, okay. there was the art, rest in peace BMO. Yeah, I mean, other people are mourning, this, uh, thin, mourning the pitch, I guess, you know, because the grass is going to be pulled out and they're going to be putting that hybrid grass in. I was thinking it's a weird week for that to be happening because in the news this week, there's also, in the news today, there's just been this story about how a, a former counselor... Karen Stintz has put in this fake grass, and now she's taking the uh, city. So grass, I mean, grass naturally soaks up a lot of water, and we're getting we we haven't been getting more a lot of water this year, but we should be getting more water because uh, there's more water in the atmosphere, and this is all about global warming and stuff. But uh, this is not a PSA either. But I was thinking, like, the city wants to figure out ways to absorb more water, and. Uh, Fake grass doesn't absorb water, right? It just rolls back into the sewage system, which screws up our water, drinking water, and all sorts of stuff. So this, it's all linked to this thing. But uh, Karen Stintz, former city councilor, got taken to task about having this fake grass she put in, and uh, and she wants to have the bylaws changed. (laughs) And and so, and we're putting in a hybrid grass too, right? Yeah. Which probably will absorb some water, but probably won't absorb some water. And the reason why we're putting it in is so that like both football teams can play. And so I was thinking about a bunch of different things about this. But, like, I mean, it was the biggest story, biggest sports story this week in Toronto was the the buying up of the Argos. Uh, we saw, like, a Circle A with a, uh, with a cross through it. Yeah, we The saw... south
1: end, there was definitely two distinct sections that were all in black.
0: Oh, I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, so it oh, looks okay. like U-Sector and SG-114 were both solidarity, and they all, like, came together. Maybe not together, but in their own groups. Yeah, All wore black. And then... SG114 all had a slew of two sticks that they held up for the first 23 minutes. I think it was until the until the first goal, saying goodbye to our beautiful soccer-specific stadium. Yeah, Canadian men's national team no longer has a locker room. That's gone. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: They got rid of it in the renovations. Holy shit! So they don't. So it's uh, I guess that gets just in the regular locker rooms that uh, is out there and. Uh, And we're going to have to see what, uh, quote-unquote, the promises that they've they've said, this is is all going to work out.
0: This is a crazy thing I was thinking about. (laughs) I was thinking that, okay, so now they have two football teams, (laughs) right? They have a soccer team and a football team. And I was thinking, you know, in their spirit of promotion, why don't they have them play against each other? And (laughs) they could sort of, which football is the winner? (laughs) Football versus football. Yeah. TFC versus the Argos. Who would win? Which football reigns supreme? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that would be a nutty promotion. Yeah. Well, know. we and the it thing would, is, that this is a, this is not, been, but not, but not out of the uh, out of the realm for MLSC. No, it's not. It would be
1: a great promotion. Because cross- they, they, cross- they are cross- they are the masters of awful ideas. You can have that idea. Yeah.
0: It's terrible. You They're, can have it. And they
1: might run with it. And we haven't really talked about this Argos at BMO Field much, I think, over the last year. No. But I, I, for me, my perspective, it was because I felt like. I'd been told almost a year ago that it was like it's not it's gonna happen. Like there's nothing we can do about. Yeah, it. Yeah, it
0: was in the Globe actually. Yeah, Like, Wiki was talking about it.
1: I don't want to. I'm sure like
0: uh, and he sent out a he sent out his email this week about it about it. Like we finally done it. No one's excited about this. No. But he wanted to assure us that it was a, a football dedicated stadium. He's well, so full of shit. So,
1: this fucking guy.
0: Yeah, but he can make that claim because they're both football teams. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah. I mean that's. The, but, but it's true because he's talking. The, uh, when of he's course. Talking to, when
1: he's talking to the Argos people, he's saying one thing, and he's talking to the Toronto City people, he's saying another. Of course he is.
0: He's speaking specifically to an audience. And on both sides the of the note. But the thing is, he wouldn't be inaccurate to say that they're both. It's a dedicated football stadium because right. it's dedicated to both football teams. Right. When he's like
1: this, right? Yeah. When he's when he's <laughs> when
0: he's hooked up to the polygraph. Technically, anyway. he's
1: not. He's not lying.
0: He's not lying technically. Anyway, but that's marketing, right? <laughs>
1: welcome, welcome to Toronto welcome to the lie welcome to MLSE yeah So making
0: lying seem
1: easy they used to say making seem, losing seem easy
0: so that was supposed to be followed up by announcement about, so all, all day Friday I've been hearing about this like Lagwiki's successor is going to be announced but oh, I right. don't know if that's been announced yet. I don't
1: think it's official but I think the, the words leaking out um, that it's going to be the guy from if I'm not mistaken Chorus Entertainment
0: it might be right yeah
1: Casati. K- I think his name is John something like that from course entertainment, which which means you're getting kind of like um, An a entertainment media entertainment guy.
0: guy. Who yeah. doesn't? Yeah, does he know anything about sports? Probably not. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but probably not well. I was also thinking that uh, they also did some business with uh, Ashton Morgan playing hundred games. Oh yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What is your thought about that? <laughs> I really like, like I like Ashton Morgan as obviously. Sure, but, I like him too.
1: But it's kind of weird that he's the guy. That's getting the one hundred. The one hundred. I can't believe that
0: nobody else has made it hundred games. So
1: that's embarrassing so, for, for a team that's been around. Look, let's put this into perspective. For this is their ninth season. This is their ninth season. Yeah. Thirty to thirty-four games a year. They should have had that guy by season three. So.
0: No, he was too young to play that. No,
1: I'm saying there should have been someone who's already gotten hundred games. Yeah, sure. By by halfway through season by. 2010 that should have already happened
0: yes but, that, but because we know that MLSC is a meat grinder and TFC is you know the example of that um, nobody survives Stefan Fry up, should have up, had up, it up until yeah that's true actually he had 99 games and they didn't let him play that last game of the season are you serious yes oh wow I guess they didn't want it to be a guy who wasn't Canadian I don't know <laughs> I don't
1: know what they were thinking I thought that was awful that they yeah. did that to him that yeah, his that last home game they didn't let him play that is bullshit
0: yeah <laughs> So what do you? Okay, what do you, mean, you asked me what so, my
1: thoughts are. Did, did I answer that or not?
0: I don't know. But my thought is that. Well, you tell me
1: yours, and I'll answer.
0: My thought is that, like, I don't think Morgan's been on the trading block. Like, I don't think he's good enough to be on the trading block, which is why he survived. That's oh. my thought. And so somehow he's wound up being able to play a number of seasons, right so this he w- he would have had to play this would have had to have been his fourth season, right I did like the Daniel Henry thing about it how he came up from the academy and blah blah, but that's just like smoke and mirrors, right I think if you look at it honestly it, he's just a guy that they could never get rid of because they've gotten rid of everybody else yeah so. That's what and I. And they have tried you more
1: than once. And I mean, they obviously brought in Morrow for that. They brought I, in that guy did, from. Because uh,
0: I was shocked. You did tell me this, and I was like, yeah. They put. They tried to sneak him in with the fry tray, didn't they? And they tried to like they. Uh, They tried. They've tried to get rid of him. So it's kind of like you're sitting there watching Bejebchenko giving them this thing, smiling and giving them the handshake. And I'm just like, when is it going to be a golden handshake? (laughs) Or when are you going to ruin this guy's career like you did everybody else? Not, (laughs) I mean, not him, but like, there's you know, this whole this organization has ruined so many. I mean, we were talking about Nana Atacora off. You know, where's he? Well, he's like in a lower league now. And that San Antonio not playing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Along with Adrian like rather along with Who else, Adrian like in San
1: Antonio too. So, so there's the, like 4
0: TFC guys there right now. Yeah. But fuck, they must be our farm team. Well, there's a guy there's <laughs> a
1: Canadian guy who's the coach down there. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's the connection. And yeah. they're a
0: good team. Uh, and I keep thinking about this thing about Canadian players not like counting as international players and I just think that that really works against us. I mean, we've talked about it before, but I just think that like also in the context of what
1: of those it, things. It,
0: it makes like Canadian players not be able to get but game, does, right? maybe
1: in a way, though, Steve, isn't that? Couldn't that be part of why we haven't seen Ashton Morgan leave this club, or why some people yeah, might, they, sure. they might not that's, want him for that too?
0: You're right. I think that's part of it, right? Like if they were going to get Ashton Morgan over an international player, like who would it's they not? Pick? It's not worth it. They, they wouldn't waste their. Right? They wouldn't waste that spot on somebody else, right? That's why he could probably only play here, or they have to sneak him into getting rid well, of. Him. That's yeah.
1: That's why a lot of times when a Canadian player who's like just as good as the average American.
0: They only have three
1: options. Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. Yeah. And once those options run out, like we saw with Issy Nakajima-Furan, right? He went from Toronto and went to Montreal. Well, Vancouver didn't want him. Well, no fucking American team wants him now. Yeah. So now he's gone. And
0: I was thinking Terry Dunfield. Like, there's lots of Canadian players that just disappear. Yeah. This league's no good for us. That's all I'm saying. As I mean, if we were to talk about... We should talk about a uh, Canadian teams. It's, this league doesn't work for us, and the, and the thing I'm thinking. Uh, the, so in the year of a World Cup, where the Women's World Cup is being played here, you, it's usually a condition to have a local league, right? I guess they don't make that same condition of women's leagues, but but they should. I mean, it, so this is like the two we've had two of the World Cups. I mean, I don't know will Canada ever host a World Cup? Probably not because we probably just don't have the money for it. But they're uh, talking about it. Uh, oh, it's not gonna happen. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, Unless they get steal it back from Qatar. But, I mean, you know, it's not, I don't, anyway, I just think that, like, you know, part of the condition for MLS starting was that, like, that was part of the condition for the, the World US, Cup, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, really, this league is all about the World Cup, that World Cup that happened. And, you know, it's sort of continued on with yeah. some life. And and some analysis in the business papers is that, you know, really, the Toronto when Toronto came in, so the league was like nothing. And then... Toronto came in, and like all of a sudden, there's excitement. And then you put in another team, you put in Vancouver, and people are like, it's Seattle. Toronto became the benchmark. And then, like, it became the benchmark on a bunch of things. It became a benchmark on expensive uh, fees for franchising, and it also became a benchmark on fan support, right? And then every team after that has sort of lived up to that more expensive franchise and also more rabid fandom, right? Like, if you look at it, yep. the new teams that have come in, mostly. I mean, I don't know about the new teams this year, like Portland and Seattle, Seattle and Montreal. Vancouver and Montreal. All of that yeah, fits. Philadelphia. The, does work that way, right? Yep. I, I think, you know, the Canadian, I just think they need to get rid of this fucking rule about the Canadian players should be domestic players.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised, too, that it's like, we, I think a lot of people know it. And they say it, and they talk about it, but there's never been like the CSA. It really
0: ne- bugs me. Like it keeps bugging me ever since you told me about it. It bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, I just think it.
1: I'm, and I'm surprised there's been no a long term campaign about it. That it, people say it, and the and Don Garber's like, oh, it's it's employment laws. We can't do it. But
0: and it's they're like bullshit. that's such a load of shit. It's bullshit because we saved the league. That's why it's bullshit. Yeah. Like, like if you look at that business analysis. The whole thing, the whole the whole life that was breathed into this league was comes from Canada. I mean, sure, there's some teams in the states, but they followed our they followed us, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And now we have the Argos at BMO Field.
0: Yeah. And the I,
1: the, the, the team that I I wish I don't want to go too hard into it because obviously we we circled out of it, but it is annoying that they're essentially getting kicked out of the dome because the Jays want to put grass in.
0: Yeah. That's... Right?
1: To come into uh, into come into Field. And they were yeah, originally a... offered the Olive Branch to build the stadium when Trump started with this team. Yeah, and they said true. no. Yeah. And then here they are. So it's like I'm like I haven't been vocal on it and we haven't talked about it, but just so the listeners knows, like fuck that team.
0: Yeah. Like, f- honestly... Well, a I reason. couldn't give
1: a flight. And the thing is, is, like, when you look at... Especially the way this, like, you know, MLSE and these corporate goons kind of act. And it's like, if they can't sustain themselves in a fucking marketplace... Let it die. Darwinism, man. Like,
0: you know what I mean? Survival of the fittest. <laughs> like, that's the way these people roll. So it's just like... There's uh, a reason why Argos is a slight. But, that, you know, they also will be getting... Uh, at least the Grey Cup's really soon out of this, right? Like they're they will. They're, get they're getting a Grey Cup game. They'll get an outdoor in. hockey game. Oh yeah, the winter classic. classic. It's it's all about this other bullshit that's going on. So it's really about the distractions, right? Yeah. They, I mean, it's like how they can market this pitch or this stadium or this facility. Yeah. Because it's because it becomes like a facility. It becomes even more sort of innocuous, like by calling it something else. Because it's no longer a pitch. We look at it as a pitch, but now it'll be something else, yeah. right?
1: And you know what? Maybe I'll. Uh, I was going to say this, but maybe I'll ask this to it's the, a listener. circus, if the right. listeners. If listeners want to answer this for me, I really would be curious to know what people think long term. The legacy of Tim Laiwicki is good or
0: bad? Right, because he's let this all shit. He's let all this shit happen.
1: I mean, people can say he brought all this stuff in, but to me, I'm starting to feel like it's at the expense of a long term vision. It's all been spending money in the short term. I'd be interested to know because uh, we've been getting some email <laughs> feedback, and, and we'll discuss it on the air, That what, what people think, because it's kind of something that's been like at the back of my head the last little while. I don't have a lot of love for that guy whatsoever.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't either. I have like no time. Everyone I, think talks, he's, I think he's as fucking... people talk glowingly about him, but he's a fucking shyster. P.T. Barnum, yeah. P.T. Yeah. Barnum
1: is a great... You know, yeah, he's, a, he's a snake oil peddler, I think. Yeah. That's all he's been for this team.
0: So next week we play in San Jose, and yeah. I just thought, you know, in the spirit of cross-promotion, wasn't it great that we had to watch a San Andreas movie thriller, movie trailer at half to get ready for next week's game.
1: Well, next week it'll be interesting because San Jose is now a Dominic Kinnear coach team, so they'll be disciplined. They might, they're might, they going to be tougher to break down, I think, than the, the last... Oh, yeah,
0: Michael weeks Babcock.
1: What about... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so on that note, guys, you can email us at info at have your nation online, email or get me on Twitter. Catch Steve Sunday nights at 10 o'clock.
0: Oh yeah, on CIUT 89.5. Yeah. Equalizing the start if you're in a punk.
1: Yep. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. East Stand Up is the only Toronto FC podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online, From the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, The Footy Roundup, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.